of us is in Canada. Me. <laughs> not Rod. Yeah, Rod. Rod. It's, it's Rod this time. Pam, get off of me. I know you love this, but not tonight. <laughs> I wouldn't... I would feel just... I, I wouldn't even be mad. I'd just be embarrassed that I lost Pam to you if that were the case. <laughs> what would that say about your absolute lack of masculinity? <laughs> I don't know. Would that be the most clearly... demoralizing thing for her to be like, I just can't resist him. And for me to be like, Pam, <laughs> get in my Mustang, baby. <laughs> I just am attracted to his manliness. Honey, shut up. Now let's get out of here, chica. <laughs> You're like, are you... Are you sure? And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even be mad at you. I'd just kind of just be so disgusted with myself. Yeah, I think you would look in the mirror and be disgusted, and then you'd be anthropologically fascinated by what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd have to study it. Yeah, you'd be like Jane Goodall in the corner being like, I don't know what this is, and it hurts me to watch it, but I'm going to have to watch. For science. Me like, where does this go? You're like, I'm leaving. I can't do this. <laughs> Where does this go? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is what a vagina looks like, huh? Ah, interesting. All right. This reminds me of a clam I had in New Hampshire once. <laughs> She's just like, oh, okay. I'm so obsessed right. with him. <laughs> I know. This is doing it for this me. This is exactly what you can never give me, Jack. <laughs> You're like, that's for sure. <laughs> well, all right. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Earth. So, Rod. We're so happy to be here. We love it. We love every minute of it. But I should actually start with a pretty solemn note. Um, okay. Something really intense happened earlier today. All right. That I think we should open with. Um, you may have heard about this. A lot of our listeners may have heard about this. But um, this morning, Jessica Chastain's grandmother's dog was stolen outside <laughs> of a Vallejo McDonald's. <laughs> Wait, Jessica Chastain's grandma lives in Vallejo? Yes, Jessica Chastain's from Sacramento. What? Yes. Oscar nominee and rich man's Bryce Dallas Howard, Jessica Chastain, um, oh, man. is from Sacramento. Dude, she's great. I love Jessica Chastain. I kind of am like all on board. I'm like on board with Jessica Chastain. I'm like a pretty big fan and I don't know why I love her so much. Is she kind of great? Yeah, She's just great. I don't know why. I don't know why either. She's just something about her just works. She has a good face. I pay attention to that face. She does have a, she's a great face. Her face is great. Her face is great. Great face. Face she's is great. Got, she's got a, she's got um, a butt chin. Yes, she does. She has a really strong jaw. Nice ass butt chin. Yeah. Nice ass chin. <laughs> Literally. A nice ass she, chin and a right. nice ass chin. Um, and also a lot of baggage now because her grandmother's dog is missing. Kidnapped outside of Sorry. a Vallejo McDonald's. <laughs> Sorry, Nana Chastain, for your <laughs> kidnapped dog. We, Gammy Chastain. We hope that you, it, it makes a. <laughs> we hope that your dog makes a speedy return. For anyone who has seen uh, Jessica Chastain's grandmother's dog, please call or email the Good Friends Podcast. <laughs> Good Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Good Friends Podcast will be rebranding uh, next season as a serial like. Um, podcast and the mystery next season is going to be <laughs> what happened to Jessica Chastain's grandmother's dog <laughs> like what what do we right. think it'll take a dark turn when it ends up that the dog was murdered right <laughs> well we're going to open assuming the dog's murdered like dun, 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 dun. I have to, we have to do our Sarah Koenig voice on January 21st yeah right Jessica Chastain's grandmother was standing outside of a McDonald's. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is a fast food place. But <laughs> this isn't just any fast food place. This is a McDonald's in Vallejo, one of the cities that went bankrupt recently in California. That's like, I feel like how serious she gets all the time. That was good. That was a great impression. Do I do a good yeah. impression? You do. Hey, and I'd also like to give a shout out to Serial uh, for finally bending the knee and admitting that they can't come out with a weekly podcast like some people can. Yeah, that was an interesting little white flag of surrender. Right. Hey, Sarah, we're almost I mean, I, 40 episodes yeah. deep. What are you, on your 14th? <laughs> What's up, honey? Can't keep up? Need a week in between? Last time I checked, you're not even doing the Sorry. legwork with this interview. Yeah. Bo hasn't talked to you. 
Right. But it's I actually like him more suffer. when he's not on. You like it more when she's not on? It is fun to see your enemy suffer. I like it more when Bo Bergdahl's not on. Interesting. What do you like about his absence? Or what is what do you what do you not like about his presence? Is actually the better question. He just seems like he doesn't really it seems like he's not telling the truth about his situation. Mm-hmm. That or he's just so delusional that he I don't know, I just think it's like what he says is bullshit. Hmm. Just like the, I don't know, I, I have a problem with his, I really hope that she gets into his background and his side of the story and blah, 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 because I kind of don't believe it. Do you think that this new gap About him just saying like, is, oh, I thought that it was. Is going to be because. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> what did you say? What? <laughs> Keep going. What Do you think you that this new gap in episodes is because she finally got in touch with him? And is going to start talking. No, to him. I think it's no. I'm kind of a, I'm a cynic, and I think that the gap in episodes is because she realizes that they need to add more stuff. Okay, to keep people in, sir. Right. She knows that she can't depend on people's love of the banter the way people can with us. Is basically what I'm hearing. Right. <laughs> but that right. Is. But my my theory with uh, cereal is this. Okay, you ready? Get it. She didn't expect the first season to be so popular, right? Right. It gets over a million downloads. It's like the most popular podcast ever, okay? Okay. The the anticipation and the 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 just the the the, the violent frothing at the mouth of the serial fans for a season 2 kind of like surprised her and kicked her in the butt so much that she couldn't come to a story organically like she had the last one and she had to find one that was kind of like halfway done mm-hmm. because she needed the new podcast out within a year. Right. And so that's why she doesn't have these interviews with Bo Bergdahl and that's why she's relying on these tapes from Mark Bowl and why his team's doing half the research and all this stuff. And that's why at times it feels like the podcast is kind of scattered. Uh, that's what my theory is. Yeah, it's like the True Detective season two problem where it's like let's get something out stat and we will work with what we got <laughs> as opposed to having like a quality finished product of some sort i don't know i'm sort of in, i'm in on this season material but it is i do agree with you completely i think they were about getting something out i also think that there's like a larger thing going on where they're trying to capitalize on serials popularity or the, uh, they are trying to capitalize on what they thought would be this season's popularity by having it core correspond with like a movie that's going to come out because they keep saying that this is like brought to you at the very end by like a bunch of people and then they mention like Annapurna Pictures which is like Megan Ellison's production company and Mark Bowl wrote Zero Dark Thirty and I think maybe The Hurt Locker right so I have a feeling that he did there's going to be yeah like a movie coming out that's going to be like based on the serial podcast story like it's like a a kind of like transmedia thing but I also don't think that that investment mm. is going to yield the results they were thinking it would, to be honest. Yeah. But, but anyway, we digress. We digress. We don't want to give our enemies any of our time or energy because, frankly, we're winning. <laughs> we are. So fuck you, Cyril. So, fuck you. <laughs> but we do have a lot of things to talk about this week. Um, Jessica Chastain's um, grandmother's dog is one of them. And we are done. <laughs> um, cross that one off. Cross that one off. Yeah. But, so this week we're going to talk about the um, black boycott of the Oscars. Um, that is a follow-up to our discussion last week on Oscars So White. Did not see this coming. Um, we're going to touch briefly on most deaf in South Africa. Hi, Bubba. And then we're going to close out by talking about Sarah Palin unsurprisingly endorsing Donald Trump. Which was it? Yeah, fucking surprise. You saw that coming? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you being sarcastic? No. <laughs> oh, I kind of or was no, like... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, I totally am. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who yeah, else on. on earth would she yeah. have supported? I mean, Cruz maybe, but right. I don't know. Whatever, we'll get to it. But let's talk about the fact that Jada Pinkett Smith <laughs> has had it <laughs> with Hollywood. <laughs> Same with Spike Lee. Same with Spike Lee. So what went down this week? Do you know the truth? 
Um, I, the, so the skeleton of the story that I'm aware of is that Jada Pinkett Smith, a wife of Will Smith, who was not nominated for a concussion movie. Was not nominated her for Her and Spike Lee are calling for a, a boycott of the Oscars for being too white. Right. And Spike Lee actually is set to get an award this year. He's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh. So his boycotting is actually like a thing. Like that will noticeable. be noticeable. Right. It's uh, noteworthy. Right. It'll be noteworthy. The Smith's absence will be noteworthy in a way, but there won't be like a um, there won't be like a camera <laughs> on them, and then like no one there to pick it up. But right. Yeah. So they've called for this boycott. Did you watch the video of Jada Pinkett announcing it? No, I didn't see that. It's kind of amazing. She's, like, so beautiful. She's, like, sitting on a couch with, like, a lot of beautiful natural light. Her hands are, like, in a triangular position of, like, someone at the head of a boardroom who's literally, like, waiting to fire you politely. And she's, like, just really calm and is, like, we need to empower ourselves. And it is time that we leave the party, like, before we're kicked out. And, like, much love to all. And she's so... Peaceful. It's really, 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 really beautiful. But she's also like really over it. <laughs> Did they think that Will was getting? I mean, I didn't think that Will was going to get nominated for this movie. Like we talked last week about this whole the lack of color is a problem. But what do you think of this boycott? I don't know. I'm stuck. It definitely is. Uh, no, I mean, I think I heard somewhere that like, or maybe Spike Lee said this. 40 out of 40 possible uh, actor nominations for the past few years, have everyone's been white. Is that true? 40 out of 40. Like, all of them have been white. Over the last 40 years? For the years? past two years. No, 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 for the past two years. Like, mm. best actor, best actress, oh, best supporting right. actress, best supporting actor. Right, yes, that is Everyone true. Everyone in that those categories. True. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That is crazy. That's 40 performances in supporting and leading categories. That is true. I, I just don't know what uh, – look, this is my view on the Oscars, right? I think it's all dumb. Right. I think it's fucking dumb. The Oscars are dumb. I don't think – in my perfect world, people wouldn't give a shit about the Oscars. Right. Because it's it's not getting, – getting an award for a piece of art, that's not what it's supposed to be about, right? It's just supposed to be about – it's but it's a it's supposed to be about the art, right? Right. So through that lens, I kind of I'm like, well, this is dumb. But then also, it's well, it's important to try to be diverse, and it should kind of represent what America looks like as a whole, and that includes every race and color and creed under the sun, yo. Right. And creed is the operative word <laughs> because that movie should have been all up in that bitch. Absolutely, and probably Ryan Coogler should have been nominated for Best Director. Ryan Coogie. And probably Michael B. Jordan should have been nominated for one of them. I think so, for sure. Side note, if I was presenting at the Oscars, do you think I would get in trouble if I gave everyone a cute nickname as I was announcing them? Like, And the nominees are Ryan Ry Coogie for Creed. You definitely wouldn't be asked back. <laughs> Starvis Spalberg for Bridges. Spalberg. <laughs> that guy for room. They're like, what? That's not right. <laughs> like he has a name. <laughs> no, okay, so I definitely agree with you. Um, this is kind of how I this is okay, so I'm like split, right? Like I felt this I felt a really specific I felt more aligned with you um during the Grammys like a few years ago when Macklemore won Best Rap Album over Kendrick. Um this was the year of Good Kid, Mad City. This is obviously not the to Pippa Butterfly year, which is this year. Um, and I was sort of like, yeah, this is ridiculous. It's stupid. Like, it makes no sense. But, like, this is just in keeping with the Grammys' history of awarding bad music. Like, this is everything just being exactly the same. And it's, like, frustrating. And it was, like, definitely a year in which people were starting to have conversations about black culture mining and like all of this so like I got the controversy but at the end of the day I was like no one like who cares like this is just like Biggie's never won a Grammy like Nas never won a Grammy Tupac never won a Grammy like you're in good company if you don't win (laughs) you know you're actually in historically speaking logical company to be in if you're actually a good artist but the thing that's different about movie making is that 
an Oscar doubles your chances to get your next project made. <laughs> you know, like, if you are an Oscar winner, for that year, you are getting first dibs on scripts. Your next project is probably going to be heavily peeped and, like, scouted and people are going to try to cop it. And, like, that is a very important get. So, like, if you don't have a black actor or a black writer or black director getting nominated, you're also telling Hollywood that that's the director to not really place your bets on for the following year. And that one of those five, they're the project to really be watching. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's like a different game. It's like a different industry. I don't care about the Oscars either on the level of like awards, but on the level of like politics and on the level of business, it's like, hello, like, can we get something going on? And yeah, I don't know. I mean, the in the last week, I've sort of been like, I've come to the conclusion that the Oscars are, like, the wrong place to, like, put your energy. It's, like, obviously it's about Hollywood. And, like, if there's more movies with black people behind and in front of the camera, then there's less chance for people to overlook it, right? It's, like, an institutionalized problem. So you have to, like, go straight to the source of the problem, which is, like, in Hollywood. It's in the institution. So I don't know. I'm stuck. So I, But people are also asking Chris Rock to step down, which is the craziest thing to me. That's just, yeah, I mean, you can't expect him to step down from hosting. And why would you want him to? Don't you, I've never wanted, I'm, this is, I'm so happy that this is the year Chris Rock is hosting the Oscars. Oh my God, he is going to destroy that room. Mm. Don't you think? It's true. Don't you think he's going to be nonstop, just literally like making fun of people like left and right, like setting the room maybe on fire? Yeah, apparently he's writing a, yeah. Apparently he's writing a bunch of uh, white people jokes, so that should be good. Oh my god, is that news from the inside? <laughs> like this just in—he's writing a lot of white people jokes, like live stream no. of him in a dark room, like that. scribbling. <laughs> no. If I was him, my joke would be I'd constantly yes. show uh, an empty chair and say that that's Jada Pinkett's chair throughout the night. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my ongoing gag. That'd be pretty good. Um... No, but I agree with you when you say it's more than, I mean, it's not the, acad- it, to, to some degree it is the Academy's deal to make sure that, you know, black artists and non-white artists are getting nominated. But at the same time, it's also, like you said, an institutional thing, right? Where a lot of times these movie studios will set up a movie to be an Oscar-nominated movie, right? Right. So it's like you said, more of a Hollywood issue than it is the Academy. Right. <clears throat> because the, the, the execs are the ones going, oh, yeah, let's, you know, let's make a black movie. Right. Instead of saying, like, oh, maybe we should make a movie and Michael B. Jordan can be the star of it because he's great. Right. They're going, let's make a black movie. Right. Or let's make an Oscar movie. The two things are never really, like, one. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. Well, what do you think, what do you think would come out of a boycott? Genuinely. Uh, uh, nothing. <laughs> like, I'm just being cynical. I think it's totally worth it and they should do it, but I don't th- I don't think the ratings are going to go down. I don't think that people will... I don't think it's going to be part of the red carpet talk. I don't... You know what I mean? Right. Oh, my God. Can Plus, you imagine Juliana think- Rancic? Like, you look amazing in that Margiela dress, but what do you think about Jada Pinkett boycotting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could not imagine that. Uh, but do you know, is it just, the, is it just Spike and Jada Pinkett Smith? Is They're the ones that have going? said they're doing it. Like the whole Smith family is doing it. Spike's doing it. I mean, I think in the coming weeks, we're going to maybe hear more people say it. Um, I don't see it picking up like a ton of momentum, to be honest. I just see it sort of being part of the conversation when we talk about Jada, when we talk about the Smiths right now. And I don't, yeah. I think it's just going to really be noticeable with Spike, but the fact that Spike Lee's not going is going to be going to be pretty major because there's actually time allotted talking about Spike Lee at the Oscars. Like there's someone's going to be talking about it. I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe like Rosie Perez or like Samuel Jackson. Like someone's going to be and giving a speech about for him on behalf of him. Mm-hmm. And they're going to show a montage of Spike Lee movies that are almost always dealing with like black lives in the city, <laughs> you know? So like there's going to be this mm-hmm. montage of, 
old Spike Lee black movies, of which there's no movie that looks like that nominated this year. So it's going to be a kind of interesting hiccup in the middle of the show when you suddenly are seeing this YouTube supercut of all these black faces and black bodies, none right. of which are being Especially represented. Especially if there's no one black in the audience. Right, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to quickly cut back to, like, Vanessa Redgrave, like, clapping, like, uh... It's just, like, the whitest room <laughs> in America. Like, Soros, Ronson. I cannot pronounce that woman's name, that girl's name. Sorcerer's Stone. I don't even know who that is. I can never pronounce <laughs> it. <laughs> Sorcerer's Stone? Yeah, oh, my God. When Lisa and I found out that she was starring in The Lovely Bones based on, you know, like, the book The Lovely Bones by Alice yeah. Gold, I think. Um, we literally, I remember, like, one of us burst into the other's room and was like, Sorcerer's Stone is going to be in Lovely Bones. <laughs> and the other one literally was just like, um, did you just put a spell on me? Like, what on earth did you just say? Oh, this girl. Do you know what I'm talking about? Isn't she so cute? No, she's crazy looking. What the hell? <laughs> Uh, wait. How do you pronounce it? Suarez Ronan? Suarez Ronan? Samantha Ronson? (laughs) Who the hell is this? What is she also in? Oh, she's in that weird movie about um, the murderer from Latvia. Oh, my God. Who? Oh, wait. Uh, Hana? Yeah, Hana. I love Hana. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of myself in Hana. Oh, she's also in Brooklyn. That's what she's nominated for this year. Oh, she's nominated? Yeah, she's nominated for Best Actress. Dude, I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. (laughs) And the nominees are (laughs) Sorcerer's Stone for Brooklyn. (laughs) Sorcerer's Stone in 54 years. Everyone's like, what? Why does he keep saying her name and not even saying her name? This is why you'll never host the Oscars. (laughs) If I did, I would literally be going wild. I would butcher every white person's name as a way of making it seem as if they're really right. vaguely ethnic. Weird I mean, names, Irish, right. The white people are the ones with the weird names. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're going to make fun of like would, Monique, then like you better get ready for me to jab Sorcerer Stone. How would you make fun of the name Jerry Smith? And the nominees are Jar Smar. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Jerry Smith? Is that a real person? No, I don't know. It's a super white name. (laughs) It is. And the nominees are Stev. Stev. Ballbark. (laughs) For Bridge of Spies. (laughs) (laughs) So annoying. uh, I I actually heard that that movie was really great. From who? (laughs) Wesley Morris. Bridge of Spies? Really? Oh my God. What did he he talk about this? Yeah, he said he really liked it. It's not bad. It's a really good script, but it's not a great movie. I disagree. Mm. It's a great script, though. It's a really great script, actually. You can take that up with Wesley yourself. You bet I will, because we have him on the line. Wesley? Oh, my God, can you imagine? (laughs) Well, you know, the Coen brothers wrote it. Oh, I didn't know that. I know. It's really funny, because they, like, rarely write scripts that they don't direct. Um, Mm. But the script is really good. It's really funny. It has, like, a great tone to it. But I'm just like, is this really the... The movie that you want to speak to this year? I don't know. It's like you want the Oscars to be a bit of a thesis statement, right? Like sort mm. of about the I, year I so. that they're like coming from. Which like these movies are kind yeah. of doing by accident, but also like not really doing. Half the time you look back at the Oscar winners and you're like, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> like one of the Lord of the Rings movies won an Oscar. Yeah, the third one. It won like everything that year. Like what? Does that surprise Come you? On. I remember at the time not being surprised, but now I'm like... Now it's a little surprising. I know what you mean. It is kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it's like a blockbuster. I know. It's not, it's definitely the kind of movie... It was just such a... It was one of those things where it's like... It was for the work. Because they, like... Didn't they right. live in New Zealand for, like, nine years? <laughs> for a couple years. And it's not... <laughs> look, having lived in New Zealand, it's not horrible. Right. It's actually pretty great. Right. So you're not like, how did they do it? Yeah. I'm not impressed. Right. <laughs> Can we host the Oscars? And the nominees are Return of the King. Everyone's like, no. <laughs> 2016. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to host an Oscars with you. And every single time I uh, announce the nominees, I'll just be really disappointed and confused and act like I don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> and make it clear you just have not seen these movies and don't even know what they are. 
<laughs> and like, and now Jack and I would like to read the nominees for Best Pictures. Like, Brooklyn. <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, starring Sorcerer Stone. Everyone's like, both of you guys have got to get on stage. <laughs> My dream is that was well, the Oscars right. with you. Can I put that out in the world? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm putting that out there. I'm putting it on my in my dream journal. I'm putting it on my... my I'm putting it on my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Oscar host for 2055. <laughs> yes. Future Oscar be, host. We would be so me. good. And, and the, our opening bit would be that you would come out looking really fat. And you'd be like, thank you so much. Like, unfortunately, Rod couldn't make it. Whoa, whoa, wait. And then suddenly your stomach would start gushing blood and I would rip through this huge prosthetic stomach that you have covered in like fake blood and guts and birth myself out of your stomach and be like did someone say Rod and then I <laughs> <laughs> and then be covered in blood the rest of the show magical. <laughs> I'd be down for that if you had pieces of like uh, intestine in your hair yeah exactly yeah. Little intent like little intestine like dangling out of my hair, kinda like I don't even know, like a ponytail. Like you look great Sorcerer the rest of the night. Stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine a close up of my blood soaked face, like blood in my teeth. And the nominees are Sorcerer Stone, Brooklyn, like covered in blood and guts. Like every time it cuts to an actor's nominated, they're like half heaving and half vomit like about to vomit. I just wanna say that I can totes picture that. And let's do it. Thank God. Putting it out there. Let's start a Twitter hashtag. Sorcerer Stone for Oscars 2050. Everyone's like, I don't know what the hell. Hosted by Jack and Rod. Hosted by Jack and Rod. Hashtag hosted by Jack and Rod. Oscars not Jack and Rod enough. Hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for real. Um, Listeners, Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, you feel like. Uh, prote- or boycotting the Oscars is going to get your message across. Go for it. I'm not offended. I'm not uh, surprised either. I think it's uh, an appropriate, um, you know, course of action if you feel strongly for it. And uh, yeah, the yeah, Oscars should be more so. black, more colorful. I think it's important that some of the most important voices in Hollywood actually be talking about it. I think it's important to feel that this is something that's happening outside of the outrage cycle of, like, Twitter. You know what I mean? I think right. that's the thing that is exciting about Jada Pinkett and Spike Lee talking about it. You know, it kind of True. verifies that, like, this is a valid thing that people are thinking about that are actually in this world. Because there's a lot of conversation about this stuff happening about people looking at the Oscars and no one that's actually in the industry. So I kind of like that. But we, we will be right. boycotting the Oscars for completely different reasons because you and I are people that really love rooms and we both agree that room makes rooms look bad. I want to go back to room. <laughs> Can we return to room? Room is where I feel safe. <laughs> and the nominees are Brie Cheese Room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That movie was just... Yeah, so you saw Room. What did you think? Was it harrowing? Oh, it took it out of me. (laughs) I also think that I have a deep emotional connection with any character in a movie whose name is Jack. Mm. So... That's just you. That's just how incredibly... um, that, that just speaks to the nuance in your artistic tastes, I think, in an incredible yeah, way. Right. Very nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> Not obvious at all. You have a really great palette for art. If someone's named Jack, yep. they have you. I love that. Look, my favorite movies, I'm going to name them right now, okay? <laughs> Number one, Robin Williams and Jack. <laughs> That's one with a period. Right. Dot. Right. That's it. Okay. Number two. Um, Jack and the Giant Beanstalk. Mm. Again, Classic. don't need to go into that. Yeah, it's nuanced. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, fair enough. And then numbers three, four, and five are the first three of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> quadruple movies. Yeah, quadrilogy. There's four of them, but only the first three. Right, not the fourth. So not Dead Man's not Sea or whatever. Sorry, 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 sorry. I meant the last three, not the first one. Not the first one. Yeah. Vicious. Also, what about Jack Reacher starring Tom Cruise? That squeezed in there at five 
B. These are some of the best. These are. This is your top films of all time list, and I'm noticing a trend. Also, Jack was it, filmed <laughs> in Marin County, our hometown. Should be noted. Right, right, right. So there's some so double. I'm not so going to get into. Up. I'm not going to get into why I like those movies, right. but there's just it's, you wouldn't understand. No, I really no. To be fair, I um I literally don't. Um, I can't argue that. This is something personal. This is between you and the film. That's what I love about art. It facilitates relationship between Jacks and Jacks. It's so powerful. Right. Um, right. Just so powerful. But the movie also probably reminded you of your past. So I'm sure that this movie has a lot of roots for you. Yeah, room? Yeah. Totally. As someone who tends to be get... bigger than most things in a room in terms of height, I'm sure the claustrophobia of the film hit home. Did? Also, the first five years of everyone's life where you spend it in a, a room that <laughs> obviously I'm sure you could identify with that just like I could. Yeah. Um, I think our listeners know by now that this is something that bonded us when we first met, that we both spent the first five <laughs> years of our life inside of a room. <laughs> not a room and not the room, but just room. Just room. <laughs> right. Hey, like, what is that bright thing in the sky? That's the sun, stupid. The what? Said someone else in the crowd. I've never seen it either. I've been in room. Room. You've been in room too? Yeah. That's how we met. Let's go count our hair on our head. 3,000? 3,001? 3,002? I had the same beard. Fun fact. Good. Oh, as uh, old Nick? Um, no, as me now. Oh, I see. As yeah. three. You... Oh, fuck old Nick. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, fuck okay, that so, guy. So oh, let's man. describe quickly the story of Room. Room is about Brie Larson, um, who stars as, what's her name in the movie? Mom. Who, Ma- oh, right. She has no name. So she stars as Mom. No, her name's Joy Newsom. What is it? Joy Newsom. Joy Newsom. A little close to Joanna Newsom. I think the movie's trying to say something about Joanna's history of captivity inside of a harp. Um, but the story is that she was kidnapped when she was, I think, 18 um, yeah, by a man just, like, on the street and was held in captivity inside of this room, um, this, like, shed behind this man named Old Nick's house, and she had a child born out of rape. Like, this guy yep. would rape her repeatedly. This child was born. Um, and she creates a sustainable world for her son, Jack, in room. And it is about just sort of, like, the routine and rituals that they have there. Jack is unaware that there is a world beyond room. He literally doesn't know life outside of it. It's a really brutal first half of the movie. Um, oh, it's, oh, it's fucking torture. It's torturous. And then something really major happens at the halfway point, and the film's point of view changes and becomes predominantly about the boy even more than it was before. Um, yeah, he's really the main character, huh? He becomes the main character, I would say, halfway through. And it's about um, how, you know, the first half is about how she sees the room, and the second half, in a way, is about what he thinks of everything outside of it. And it's a pretty, it's pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good film. It's really solid. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. I just was, oh, it was just like, holy shit. It's it was a one of those ones where you're like, story. fuck. It's a horrific yeah. story. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely horrific. Um, and some, and I do think though that there is, you know how there's like a lot of, like people love doing, um, what is it? Like, paying for experiences now like you know escaping out of a zombie cellar and like you You can pay to get kidnapped yeah i think we should start capitalizing on an unofficial room um the unofficial room experience where we charge people like on groupon to um you know be not like meet us at some weird corner get knocked the fuck out um wake up in some shed and have to endure the hours before um, an escape and figure out how they're going to escape room. Do you think people would pay for that? I Probably. You could probably find some fucking weirdo on the internet that would pay for that. Yeah, like roomfan86 on Reddit is like, yes, where? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm going to do for my birthday. uh... I'm going to make everyone recreate room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what if uh, the only sign-up is Brie Larson because she has, like, PTSD from the filming? 
She's like, I heard you're going back to room. I need to go back to room. And I'm like, oh my God, Brie Larson is coming to my birthday, you guys. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Did you know that she's also from Sacramento? What? Brie Larson's also from Sacramento? Yeah, what's up, Sacktown? Huh, interesting. So Brie Larson is currently in L.A., and this dog is missing. <laughs> That's when I decided to call Brie Larson. We called her on the phone, and I think we know <laughs> what happened next. <laughs> Brie Larson, episode ends until next time. <laughs> Great. So Get the good. first episode down. Sarah Koenig and Brie Larson would come to my room. <laughs> My room birthday. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? Why did no one go to Rod's birthday except for serial host Sarah Koenig and Golden Globe winner Brie Larson? Ugh. It's Sacramentonian Brie Larson. Sac- Notable Sacramentonian Brie Larson was seen. <laughs> <laughs> and the party became an investigation into Jessica Chastain's grandmother's missing dog around halfway through. Great birthday. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, no, the movie's great. Everyone should see it. It was not on my top ten, um, but I did think that it is a good film. Mm. And everyone says she's going to win the Oscar. So now I think you've, you know, you have not seen a ton That's of Oscar stupid. movies, but you have seen the favored Best Picture winners. Oscar she movies. wasn't so even fucking in the movie for the second half of it. Yeah, she's really I'm only bad. in it for, like, the first. She's in it for, like, the first half. It's true. But the first I'm, half, she's, like, in it. I thought she was great in it. But what do you think? I'm pissed off. Okay. Something we can take up with her on February 21st on my birthday. <laughs> the invitations would be cool. Like, Rod's room birthday. In, like, children's right. handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> so messed up. <laughs> oh, God. Mm. hate myself. Um, okay, so let's move on to... Uh, most deaf in South Africa. Yes. The most deaf <clears throat> South Africa incident. So, a couple of days ago on Kanye West's website, um, he... KanyeWest.com. KanyeWest.com. Um, he posted a message um, from Most Deaf, where Most Deaf, who now goes by his Islamic name, Yassim Bey, like, freestyles his version of No More Parties in L.A., changing it to S.A., referring to South Africa, where he's trapped, room style, um, and then talks for, like, eight, nine minutes about how he's retiring from film and music, and it's basically, like, a voicemail in which he's talked about being, um, like, detained by the South African government um, as he was trying to go to a show. Um, to perform at a show, I believe. I'm not sure where it was. I think it might have been in Central America, but I might be wrong. Um, what do you think about this? Are you scared? <laughs> I'm very scared. Would you describe yourself as feeling for... fear? Would I describe myself as feeling fear? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of fear. Um, <laughs> from the South African government, because next time I want to go there... On an expired passport. I know I'm going to get detained. Right. So here's the story. Apparently he had an expired passport or had like, it's unclear. The news has reported one that it's expired two that it's fake. Um, most F says, or Yassim says that this is a type of passport that's been handed out since, or type of visa handed out since around world war two. Um, that is legal. And he suspects that there are political motivations to his being detained. Um, which, you know, all of this, you know, we heard the news of his being arrested about a week ago, but not really from him. So this is sort of like the first thing we're hearing. Um, yeah, for the first thing we're hearing from him. I don't know. Well, look, almost, almost deaf, as I like to call him. Almost eh. He's great. I love his uh, his music. I can't really remember what movies he's been in. I think he was in The Italian Job. He's in The Italian Maybe? Job. He's in Be Kind Rewind. He's um, he's in a lot of things. Yeah, he is in a lot of things. He was in a couple. He won like a, or he got nominated for an Emmy for some 
HBO movie where he like plays like a doctor. Um, mm. I love Most Def, the rapper. I never really was like, you know, I I just love him so much as a person. I didn't really know much about his acting, but uh, I really love his music a lot. Um, Black on Both Sides, like one of my favorite hip hop albums. The New Danger, I also love. It's like one of my favorite album covers. Um, like a, one of my favorite Kanye songs actually ever. Like Kanye Beats is a most F song from that album, Sunshine. Mm. Um, and he's just great. I just think he's like a really, he's such a, I never liked the term conscious rapper. Like that's like such like a weird subgenre of like hip hop. Like, like everyone else is ignorant and these ones are conscious. Like it's such a right. weird thing. But he was always my favorite of that breed of sort of like, Islam focused, like noble rappers or whatever reductive term you want to throw on it. But I'm Here's sad thing, to see right? him retire to hear he's retired. He's what? Sorry, say that again. I'm sad to hear him retire too. Yeah. Here's my thing, right? Okay. He's what? He's forty two? Yeah, he's he's kinda young. Yeah, he's kinda young, but he's like an adult. So he's been in the game for a long time. Probably when he was a teenager. Is when he started, right? Yeah, I would say probably, like, early 20s, like, latest. So, he's been going at this for a long time, right? Yes. Maybe he's not as popular as he used to be. Maybe he's not as many films as he used to be. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but just this kind of hap- – it feels like this happens all the time with guys who have been in Hollywood or people who have been in Hollywood or on in the public eye for such a long time. They kind of, like – I don't know. It feels like they run out of mojo or something and they have to take a gigantic heel turn and do like a, not a heel turn, but they just have to, I don't know. It just feels like it's not enough. And they realize like, Oh, this isn't what life is or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like a moment in which their value system changes like significantly. Right. Both like as an artist and as like a person. Right, and now it's to the point where he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. He doesn't even want to be an artist anymore. He just wants to. I don't know. Do Yazin Bay stuff, which is cool, but you can't break the law, and you can't break the law in South Africa, bruh. Right, but there is a lot of question about whether he's breaking right. the law. Okay, okay. What would be South Africa's incentive to arrest Most Def? This I do not know, but he claims that South. Africa is considering the world passport, which is, you know, accepted both in South Africa, in Cape Town, like Johannesburg, like in all over South Africa, and all over like the world, um, they're calling it a fictitious document. Um, I have a hard time believing that this passport would, I, I, have, a, I have a hard time understanding why Mostef would be operating on a fictitious passport. Like, I just don't understand what the motivation of that would be either. Do you know, I'm just kind of not, not following um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I can't really speak to it. I don't really know much. Most of has been, like, very quiet for a while now. He has not released new music since, like, 2009, since his last album, The Ecstatic. He was, like, on ASAP Rocky's album. I don't know. I, I don't know if this event has pushed his retirement forward or if the retirement was going to happen anyway, if the two things are sort of meeting at this one moment. Like, I don't know. I also do not know if I understand what his relationship is to America. Like, I don't get if he moved to South Africa for the last few years, and that is where he considers home. Is he not allowed back in the U.S.? Like, I'm trying to understand, like, where he views home, where he's being kept out of, kept in of. I do, I don't know much about it. Maybe we should do a follow-up, or maybe Sarah Koenig should have season three of Serial <laughs> be about this passport. I mean... I was going to make that joke. I was waiting for you to end so I could make that joke. Oh, my God, I'm but sorry. yeah, I mean, I... I just have so many fucking questions about this story. Like, why is he being detained? Why is he being detained indefinitely? Right. Why isn't there someone from the United States going over to be like, hey, let go of this American citizen? Right. Why isn't there... Why Why was he trying to use this weird world passport? Why doesn't someone who's a celebrity and has all of the means to... Uh, why doesn't he have a fucking regular passport? Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know... I don't know the answer to those things. I don't know if I consider a world passport. I mean, I don't know. If he has a world passport and that's a legal passport, that's a legal passport. Like, I don't really see if there's a law being broken. I'm trying to understand, like, what exactly. Well, so why did he get arrested? I mean, these are just questions. I mean, these unless are questions he's trying to, to go ask somewhere, Sarah. 
unless he was going somewhere where the United States passports weren't uh, accepted. Right. Right. So, most deaf. I mean, Yazin Bay, let's go, bro. Let's figure this out. Should home. we go and figure it out? Let's start a Twitter hashtag. Uh, <laughs> Two hashtags right in on one top. episode. Jesus. <laughs> let's do it. And then let's start a Kickstarter so we can go fund our own serial season yes, three. That is such a good idea. Yes, let's let's make our Kickstarter video with like that dumb ukulele music. Like, hey, like, this is where you come in. We need right. $16,000 to go to South Africa and figure out what's going on with most of passport. <laughs> and we need your help. Yeah. Well, most def, if you're listening to this, you can email us at goodfriendpodcast.gmail.com. Oh, my God. Most def, if you're listening to this, please email us. Honestly, just because I love you, I literally want to hear your sexy-ass voice on the phone. Leave me a voicemail where you're saying <laughs> nasty things. <laughs> I don't think he'd say nasty things to you, but maybe. <laughs> Honestly, maybe. We'll see. Doesn't yeah, sound like he'll be doing much else. He's retiring from everything. He did say he'll be releasing yeah. a final album this year, which, like, thank God. Like, I'm so ready for new music. But um, and Is it, it going to be over the phone from a jail in South Africa? Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't think he's <laughs> held in jail. Yeah, okay. I mean, as usual, I just do not know enough to know truth. Um, right. But, yeah, so we'll see. We'll do – I think we'll do um, – Yassim watch. We'll do some periodic updates on this <laughs> because I am invested. And in the meantime, anyone who did not listen to the ecstatic on loop when it first came out in 09, do yourself a favor, listen to it now. It's so good. Life in Marvelous Times is a particular banger. Check it out. Well, good. Good for Yazin Bay. La you Bay. Uh, till next time until we have more information from the man himself. Do. Here's where things get interesting. We <laughs> arrived at the airport, and it turned out we hadn't bought a single flight to South Africa. So this is where <laughs> this is when we call an Uber and go back to New York. Doom, ding, doom. Here's where it would be get funny if you're if you were uh, Sarah for Halloween. <laughs> Don't shave. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a really good costume. What would I wear? I'd have the headphones, probably a turtleneck or something. It sounds like her. Yeah, she probably wears a turtleneck. Yeah, the wig, um, the glasses. Honestly, I would end up just looking like an older version of that ugly little Pepsi girl. Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm, no. The Pepsi girl? The really <laughs> ugly one who kind of looked no. like a possum? No. From like the 90s? No. You know who I'm talking no. about. Google her right now. What's her name? Pepsi Girl? Yeah, honestly, okay. I'm going to do it with you to see what comes up. Pepsi Girl 90s. Um, and go to images. Oh, 90s is like the third thing on here. Oh, yes. Do you know this like her. girl who looks like a possum? She looks like she has holes in her cheeks, but they're just really deep dimples. Yeah, really, really, really deep dimples. She looks like Jesse Eisenberg with a mop on his head. Actually, it's really I think funny this girl might be Jesse Eisenberg's sister. There's a photo of her with Jesse Eisenberg. Holy shit, it's literally the... his sister. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the levels, <laughs> the layers, they keep going. Here's where things get interesting. When I clicked on Hallie Eisenberg, I realized it's a Jesse Eisenberg sister. Meanwhile, we're still not in South Africa. Doom. I feel like we're in a sequel to Inception or something. Yeah. I know our conversations end up being Inception-esque, except it's just every dream level is just us in different types of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's me staring at a possum like, this looks just like Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> in Shitson. Wow. Absolute nightmare. Okay, speaking of absolute garbage, um, so our devil tongue of the week is going to that hot pile of moose dung that is Sarah Palin. <laughs> the most irrelevant person on earth. The most irrelevant person on earth. Um, a non Somebody who, much like Donald Trump, has more history in reality television than politics, has shockingly endorsed Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, you're right. What were your first thoughts when you saw that headline? So I'm, I was not surprised. I, you know, okay, here's the thing. I wasn't surprised that she 
um, endorsed him. I was surprised that we still consider Sarah Palin's endorsement. I don't know. What is Sarah right. Palin's standing in politics? Like, I don't... Do people in that crazy world that loves Trump actually still also love her, too? And I just don't know. Absolutely. I mean, that must be what it is. There's she's no still, like, a political figure to them. Right. There's no way that she's... Right. I mean, in her world, she sees Donald Trump getting all this momentum, and she's thinking, like, holy shit, my career still has legs. Right. Right, right. And the fact... I mean, yeah. I mean, and the fact that he, like, brought her out on stage almost like she's a vice presidential candidate like that. <laughs> right. You and and I mean? she's probably, like, thrilled because she's like, finally, I'm being associated with a campaign that I can't fuck up because... He's yeah. been proven to be able to withstand anything. <laughs> she could come out eating a shoe, being like, mmm, this sandwich is great. And it they'd be, be like, so, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so great if she just, like, torpedoed his campaign. Oh, my God, if she was just forever this, like, typhoid Mary that just, like, sucked the juice out of anything <laughs> that was moving in, like, a relatively good direction. <laughs> yeah, or if, like... Donald Trump's supporters are also misogynistic. They just hate women. Yeah. Oh, my God. Totally. They're like, ooh, Donald, it's the one thing you got wrong. We hate everyone but you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I did not consider that. <laughs> right. Oh, man, what a mess. She's, She's such an mess. idiot, too. Ugh, it just makes me so angry. But we have 10 of her best lines from the endorsement speech here. So we're going to trade off reading them. Thoughts? Do we love that? We love it. Okay, should I start with the first one? Start with the first one. <clears throat> they stomp on our necks and they tell us, just chill, okay? Just relax. Well, look, we are mad and we've been had. They need to get used to it. <laughs> uh, like, mm-hmm. Uh, Next. Okay. This, is, this comes from, all these quotes come from her endorsement speech that happened last week. These are real quotes. By the way. Yes, taken out of this stupid fucking dumb speech. Right. Okay. This quote, I want the listeners to imagine that we're not talking about Sarah Palin and try to guess if this is a quote said from a magical gypsy or Rod. <laughs> we're, talking about, we're talking about no more Reagan-esque power. That comes from strength. Power through strength. So again, was this a quote from Sarah Palin's endorsement speech or me standing outside of Subway <laughs> waiting for them to open right. at 9 a.m.? At 3 a.m., yeah. <laughs> Power through strength and the nine-inch honey oat. <laughs> okay. Free Jared. <laughs> Free Fogel. We've been had and we're mad. Like, oh. <laughs> what if Donald Trump picked Jared Fogel as his running mate? Like Jesus. This probably, next one. Yeah, right. This next one is also from SP's endorsement of DT. Oh God. And you quit footing the bill for these nations who are oil rich. We're paying for Ugh. some of their squirmishes that have been going on for centuries, where they're fighting each other and yelling Alakbar, calling Ugh. jihad on each other's heads forever and ever. Like I said before, let them duke it out and let Allah sort it out. <laughs> I want to throw her off a cliff, as if America's just been watching from the sidelines, like, we have no stake in this. <laughs> Shut it, Chica. What is what is Alu Akbar even? Isn't that mean like peace be with you or something? Um, I think um, Assalamu alaikum means may God be with you, and walaikum assalam means and with you. And I think a lot. Oh, this does, just, it just does mean yeah. It means God is the greatest. God is the greatest. Yeah. I mean, that's not like a horrible. I don't know. It's not. It's just the fact that. It's coming out of her yeah. mouth. It sounds vile, but honestly, it's just another right. example of you can put anything in a receptacle and it seems like trash to me. I agree. I mean, <laughs> she's just a fucking dumbass. The fact that she puts Alu Akbar next to, to, to Jihad is just like, come on. I know, honestly. Just, it's like, you, stupid bitch. just the, yeah, no, totally. The linguistic geography is like vicious. Like, the. You know people's eyes are going to make that connection. Kill Matt. Okay, you do the right. next one. Okay. How about the rest of us, right? Winging 
but, uh, bitter clinging, proud clingers of our guns, our God and our religion and our constitution. Oh, what my God. Here's another one. He's from the private sector, not a politician. Can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> Maybe we should just do two more of these. I can't. Yeah, I can't and like honestly it. wrap it up. Mr. Trump, you're right. Look back there in the press box. Heads are spinning. Media heads are spinning. This is going to be so much fun. Ugh, that line. Just the fact that she's, they're talking about this as so far removed from any sort of actual politics. Right, as if they're not, like, kissing the media's ass the whole time that they're doing this. Right, absolutely. Like, as if this entire thing isn't contingent on the media's attention. Right. And, okay, we're just going to do, I'm going to do a random one. I'm very curious about... (laughs) I'm going to read this one just because some of them sound like things I would say. And he who would negotiate <laughs> deals kind of with the skills of a community organizer, maybe organizing a neighborhood uh. tea. Well, he deciding that, no, America would apologize as part of the deal as the enemy sends a message to the rest of the world that they capture and we cattle and we apologize. And then we bend over and say, thank you, enemy. Like, what the fuck is she <laughs> talking about? Thank you, enemy. That sounds like something I would say. <laughs> yeah. She's so dumb. She should do a cover anyway. of Alanis Morissette's Thank You. Thank you, Terror. She's absolutely getting the devil tongue this week, though. Yeah. Can we give it to her real quick right now? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I just, I cannot believe this. I really, yeah. I'm that was just succinct. So, I'm so, yeah, that was, that was tight. That was good. Um, okay, so good friend of the week. Let's, like, clean our palate and give it to something yeah. we love. I'm going to need your help with mine, actually. Um, I need you to confirm the name of this person because he is a sports person. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so my good friend of the week is, I think, someone named Jack Sock, like a tennis player. (laughs) What? Jack Sock? Yeah, okay. Why? What the fuck? Jack Sock? (laughs) He's an American tennis player, right? You're correct. Okay, he was the one who was playing against... um, Leighton Hewitt, the Australian player, and told him that a ball that had seemed out was not actually out and told him to challenge the ref. And Ugh. he did challenge him. And he's he, such a good sport. He's such a good sport. Oh, oh, my God. God. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, what a fucking bitch that guy. Why were you so mad? Why are you mad? Challenge, challenge well, this. Look, the point of a tennis match in the Australian Open is to win, is it not? Yeah, fair and square. Rod, let me ask you this. If you were, let's say, let's say there was someone walking, or no, okay, let, let, let's say, for example, you find this totally awesome hoodie at okay. a concert venue. Okay, this has actually happened. Not okay. yours. You, you, you see it, you find it. But on the inside, there's, like, a phone number written on it. Mm-hmm. Would you call? Or would you say, hey, this is a great hoodie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this. I would definitely do the latter. But also, the world's eyes are not <laughs> on me. <laughs> I mean, look, you did the noble thing. You looked out for yourself. You wanted the hoodie because you wanted to win the fashion game. Jack Sock should have been looking out for his tennis game instead mm-hmm. of being this hoity-toity, holier-than-thou uh, you know, oh, hey, you get the point. You want to win. You can win. You win. No, I don't want to win. You win. <laughs> okay. So you, so you hate it because it's a betrayal of the competitive spirit. Yes. Hmm. Okay, I take that back. He gets double time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, that's sweet. It's good to be a Do you think it was calculated? Stuff, so. Was it like a Taylor Swift moment where he's like, I'm no, going to be cal- Jack Sock is so fucking irrelevant. Are you joking me? Oh, is he? Although there was a big story this week that broke about tennis players throwing matches yes, for money. So maybe old Jack wet. Sock is doing this to try to get out of some hot water. Yeah, honestly, maybe. That's a good call. I didn't even think of that. So, or maybe we all just need to take Jack. our heads out of our iPhones every once in a while and actually look each other <laughs> in the eye and have a conversation. I agree with that as well. So Jack Sock can Jack... Suck, suck it. it. <laughs> I can't believe you don't just relate to him on the level of 
his first name. Honestly. I know, I know, I, I don't know. I it's don't the know one that's for him. He's the only one, yeah. Um, we should actually do a deep read of that BuzzFeed article and talk about it next week because um, I can't believe I didn't think about that for this week. That is yes, a really, Buzz, the really BuzzFeed, interesting piece. BuzzFeed BBC uh, investigative piece on tennis. Mm-hmm. And it's a. It's, it also features a great pun in the headline: the tennis racket. <laughs> ugh, so good. So good. So good. So so good. Um, so we will actually be doing that next week. I think. I think we should make a point to do that because it's a pretty. Yeah, great, it's a good idea. It's a pretty great piece. In the middle of the Australian Open, why not? Oh, perfect timing, Daddy. past founder of the Eagles, Glenn Frey. Glenn Frey. I'm not 100% positive on how to pronounce his name. Which really captures the nation's reaction to his <laughs> passing, I would say. Look, dude, he was like, what? He, who had died? Bowie had died. Alan Rickman had died. We weren't ready for him. We weren't ready. Could he have given it a minute? He could have waited a week. He got Farrah Fawcetted. Yeah. Poor Glenn Frey. Poor Glenn Yeah. I know. The real tragedy is the fact that he died at such a bad time, more than that he's dead. <laughs> but you know what? On the outro this week, I'm going to play Hotel California. <gasps> Hotel Cali Daddy. I think that's one of the ones that he sang on. So. Oh, really? Is that his voice? Dog. It's very mournful and so. beautiful. Yeah, but, I like, think so. I mean, the beat- like, the Eagles, like... What is that? There's like one of the best-selling bands ever, and also like low-key, like not respected. Yeah, I don't get that either. But they have like fucking tons of hits that people don't really realize. Like, what are some of the other ones? I only know Hotel California. At least, at least um, so I think. You know that song, "Take It Easy." Take it easy. Yeah. Oh, that's them. Take it easy. Yeah, that's okay. them. Let's see. The Eagles have a ton. Let me look it up. They're like our dad. They're like dad rock mecca. Oh, totally. Yes. They're like the catalog that defines the aesthetic of your dad, like working in the garage, being like, they don't make them like this anymore. Yeah, right. Okay, so here's some of their hits. Take It Easy, Desperado, uh, (gasps) Lion Eyes. Yeah. Seven Bridges Road, Take It to the Limit, that's a big one. Uh, Witchy Woman, Elaine song. Yes, I was just thinking. And Desperado (laughs) is also a Seinfeld joke with Elaine. Oh, really? Yes. She loves the Eagles. Where her boyfriend wants Desperado, she wants Witchy Woman. Uh, Life in the Fast Lane, that's another big one. So they have a ton of hits. They do have a ton of hits. I knew like a few of those, <laughs> but they definitely have a yeah. ton of hits. Tequila Sunrise, that's a big one. Oh my God, Lana Del Rey quotes that song, God Bless. So, Glenn Frey, you'll be missed. And we you'll love be you. missed. Thank you for giving us so much mediocre music. Um <laughs> that is so much dad rock so much dad rock that is a canon we love you for it yeah um we appreciate yeah. it and um in your honor maybe we can just take our ass out of the iphone for a second <laughs> put down the take- screen like screen 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 screens <laughs> Take every distracting screen out of your ass please yeah like, a second. open your ass up wide in public shove your fist in it Six, seven times. Find that sweet, sweet, sensitive G spot. Are you done? And then, and then pull out the 80 screens in there. And unplug. Yes, I agree. I think that Please. is what Glenn Fry Hurry up. Good for God's sake, hurry up. Get it done. Hurry up, please. Boy. Or take your time. <laughs> Oh, annoying. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, thank you guys so much. Thank you to Glenn. <laughs> um, fuck you, Jack Sock. <laughs> yeah, that was the... I was so easily swayed yeah, right. with that one. I knew it was too good <laughs> yeah, to be you, true. I don't have time for this. You turned on him pretty quickly. Yeah, I was just, like, so excited for the good sportsmanship, but something didn't feel right. This isn't really the year for good sportsmanship. That's not the vibe right no. now. It's here for brutality. Yeah, I want vi- I want the reckoning. I want violence. <laughs> <laughs>
I want pure reckoning. All right. I think it might be uh, time to say goodbye to everybody else and not just Jack Sock. Oh, it's my least favorite time of the show. It hurts every time. By Sarah Palin. By Sarah Koenig. By Sarah Koenig. By uh, boycotting uh, black artists of the cinema. Good night, chair. Good night, room. Good night, chair. <laughs> by, by chair one. By chair two. By table. By lamp. By light by switch. Sink. This is where it gets interesting. There wasn't a light switch in room. The power was controlled from the outside. Good night. Okay. Um, And good night, listeners. And bye, Jack. Good night, listeners. Bye, Rod. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. La, 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 Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. Run through the meadow and scare up the milking cows. Run down the beach kicking clouds of sand. Walk a windy weather day, feel your face blow away. Stop and listen, love you.